right, we're back with another episode of the Saxo Market Call, and we are going to talk about, I think, the most important theme driving financial markets right now. And I have my great colleague, Altea Spinazzi, with me, and we're going to talk about fixed income. And Altea, the big big move in market has been the US 10-year yield breaking to new uh, new highs for the cycle and it was basically came off last week's FMC decision and the subsequent press uh, conference where Powell made the very hawkish case for higher for longer um so maybe I spoiled a little bit about what you're going to talk about but basically why are US bond yields moving higher what is basically the 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 background for that Yes, Peter, I believe that uh, bond yields are moving higher uh, just on the back of the FOMC meeting. The FOMC meeting published the dot plot. In the dot plot, uh, we have seen uh, um, that policymakers have raised the 50 basis points rate cut for 2024. And on the back of that, there has been uh, uh, much better uh, economic uh, projections from the Federal Reserve that showed that growth um, is going to come better than expecting, uh, expected this year and in 2024 and 2025. But inflation is going to continue to be a problem because on those economic projections, uh, we have seen uh, the Federal Reserve revising uh, the PCE index for 2025 from 2.1% to 2.2%. So what's happening here is that... Uh, uh, the Federal Reserve is saying uh, we are st- staying higher for longer or we might even hike more. Uh, this is something uh, that we will decide depending on the data that we will get. So on the back of that, bond futures had to reprice a lot of rate cuts that were priced in the next three years. So when we look at the three months uh, so far, Um, uh, future contracts, we see that uh, now they are pricing the Federal Reserve to cut rates down to 4%. If we look at them uh, on the back of the SVB uh, crisis in March, we see that the same future contracts were pricing the Federal Reserve to cut rates down to 2.7% by the end of 2024. So what does... Uh, that creates. It creates a floor above which 10-year U.S. Treasury uh, yields have to trade because they have to trade higher than 4% because they have to provide a premium to investors. And that's why we have seen uh, uh, 10-year U.S. Treasuries uh, breaking above uh, 4.5% and uh, probably we will see them uh, rising again until uh, the next uh, Federal Reserve meeting. I think that when you look at the, um, you've provided me with a little uh, interesting table here with all the the different informations that came out from the FMC meeting last week, and I just find it fascinating that at Jackson Hole they talked about the wage inflation dynamics um, being a problem, and here they have revised down the unemployment rate from in 2024 and 25 from four and a half percent to 4.1 percent, so basically a tighter labor market for longer. But then at the same time, they project that PCE inflation will just come back to the 2% more or less over the next two years. Um, that in itself is a, is a very curious prediction, set of predictions. But I also think, Altea, that I think what 
it it feels like the Fed is really projecting that we could have a, a soft landing in the economy. And I really like this uh, phrase that Ole used at, at the trading desk. Um, well, airplanes do soft landings, not economies. And um, I don't know. I mean, one thing is the higher for longer message. And right now the market is calibrating bond yields to that. But um, what are some of the risks to this higher for longer scenario a little bit down the road? The risk is that uh, something breaks, obviously, because... Uh, um, we have seen in the past few weeks that even if the Federal Reserve keeps rates at this level, the long part of the yield curve might rise. And a lot of mortgages, loans, they are priced on the 10 years uh, yields and not on the front part of the yield curve. And that is going to create uh, pain. So the big question is, are long-term yields continuing to rise? And there is a lot of pr uh, selling pressure right now. We have quantitative tightening. We have uh, the U.S. Treasury increasing uh, sizes of uh, their bond auctions, uh, including uh, coupon uh, auctions. And, um, and then we have also foreign investors returning home and not buying U.S. Treasuries. And that's why, Peter, that this week I'm really much interested uh, in what is going to happen in the auctions, especially the seven-year auctions. Seven-year is a tenor that is disliked by market, exactly like the 20-year auctions. Um, and uh, foreign investors have been buying less and less of this paper in 2023. Uh, indirect bidders uh, were 13% this year compared to 16% in 2022 when the Federal Reserve was hiking uh, rates and the domestic uh, bidders had to take up uh, this demand. So the big question for Thursday um, is going to be, are uh, domestic bidders uh, going to buy more of this uh, tenor or they're going to position for the yield curve to continue to bear steepen? If they do, it means that uh, we might see more pain and yields might rise. But if uh, they buy more of the seven-year uh, notes, it might mean that, that they're starting to positioning for a bull steepening and might be bullish for U.S. Treasuries. All right. Um, so, yeah, this higher for longer scenario, and we also talked about the stagflation risk. I think on, on the podcast yesterday, I talked to Shara as well on these uh, one of the things that maybe is an argument for higher for longer as well is these lacks that are in the monetary transmission. I think the word Bank of America had a wonderful chart where they showed that only 10 to 15% of all the outstanding uh, credit bonds have been rolled to higher coupons. So despite we are, you know, 18 months into this uh, rate cycle, very little debt has actually been rolled and thereby it takes it takes a while before we, it, the, the pain really kicks in. But Atiyah, we need to also move on to the question which is, so we have this momentum in long-end bond yields. The question is naturally, you know, if they go higher, how much higher can they actually go? What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I looked uh, at uh, this uh, with uh, our colleague, Kim Kramer, um, that uh, takes care of the technical analysis here at Saxo Bank. Um, and uh, what he's telling me is that 10-year U.S. Treasury yields uh, might rise up to 5.25%. Obviously, it's a long way uh, towards that. And already now, we are seeing uh, 
um, the, the like the rise in yields decelerating because there is some sort of divergence between RSI and the move up in in uh, yields. Uh, but uh, realistically, it's hard to take uh, um, such a far-fetched um, cold because uh, from here to 5.25%, anything is possible and the economy can uh, can get into troubles. But uh, what we can say now is that the acceleration in rising yields has been substantial in the past few days, and there might be a correction coming up uh, uh, in the next week. And uh, uh, to cause uh, such a correction might be the government shutdown um, on, uh, on Saturday, which we are unsure it will happen or not, but if it does... Uh, it will mean that there is going to be higher unemployment. It will be a drag on the economy. And therefore, it might lead the Federal Reserve to pause interest rate hikes also on the November FOMC meeting. And that could give a signal to markets that the Federal Reserve is done with hiking. And uh, uh, therefore, we might see more bull steepening positioning rather than bear steepening. What is the current uh, What is the current market pricing on of the November FMC meeting? Do you know that? Um, is it fifty? No, it, it was a um, no. I think it was a pause. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't recently looked, but basically there was. Uh, um, less than 50% uh, chances. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, and one of the things as well we, we have to monitor, I mean, you cannot really, I mean, if, you, if you're trading bonds and you're a bond investor, you cannot really ignore the move as well in, in, the, in, in the energy markets. And um, I've been had all on the, uh, on the podcast uh, last Thursday talking about the, uh, the oil market because that one is really rallying. And it's something that Powell mentioned last week at the FMC meeting that, you know, higher energy cost is filtering through to inflation expectations and also bond yields. So that's one thing to watch. Um, and then I've been um, I've been stumbling into these uh, JP Morgan uh, GDP now casting indices and it, and I mean when you look at when you look at the, these now casting indices the US economy is still holding up. I mean I mean yes the the economy has slowed down. It's weaker than it was just two years ago and one year ago, but it's I mean, I think the U.S. economy still has been a big surprise this year, and I guess that is also adding to to you know higher bond yields. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but uh, realistically, Peter, I think that the big question for investors out there is: it worthwhile buying bonds now? Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that it really depends uh, if you are a short-term investors or a long-term investor. If you're a short-term investor and you're buying long-term U.S. treasuries now today uh, to hold them for a week, for a month, maybe this is not the time to do that kind of trade uh, because it seems that yields uh, might still rise in the short term. But if you're a long-term investors and you're looking to lock in um, um, one of the highest yields in 10, 15 years uh, for one to two years, um, then it might be worthwhile to, to look at, uh, at what U.S. treasuries and bonds are offering now, even in the long part of the yield curve. And uh, a couple of weeks ago when we had the podcast, I came up with uh, some numbers, right? If you buy 10-year U.S. treasury yields and the yield move by 50 or 100 basis points uh, um, uh, in one year, where you are going to be at? I refreshed those numbers and it seems that if you enter into the 10-year U.S. Treasury today and you hold it uh, for one year and yields move uh, up 
by 100 basis points, so 5.5%, it will lose 2.54%. Uh, but if yields drop by 100, uh, 100 basis points, so down to 3.5%, it will gain 12%. So it's quite uh, an appealing risk-reward scenario. Obviously, it's different when you look at 30-year U.S. Treasury yields. They have a much higher modified duration of 16%. Uh, that means that if yields move higher or drop by 100 basis points, it will gain or lose um, 16%. So um, maybe going so long might not be the time still right now, but going on the 30, on the 10 years, uh, one can, with a long-term uh, investment horizon, uh, one can start to add as yields continue to rise. All right. And um, we, you know, <clears throat> one, of, one of the things you, you basically touched on this concept about, you know, carry, that now we have approached uh, bond yields where your, your downside risk is becoming much more limited, even in the case that interest rates should go even higher. Um, so I think the natural question to end the podcast with is, okay, so timing is, the timing issue is maybe a little bit less concern now in bonds. So what are the, some of the examples that you could come up with? How, what's potentially a good way to be exposed to bonds at this point if you want to add exposure? So there are different strategies and uh, the, um, the two strategies uh, that uh, might be more actionable right now is a bond ladder. So as yields rise, one wants to purchase uh, bonds across uh, maturities so that uh, they uh, build a ladder of uh, bonds with uh, different uh, um, maturity times and take advantage of rising yields. Another strategy is the one to build a bond barbell, so just to buy um, those parts of the yield curve uh, that uh, provide a much higher yields. And that uh, could be a strategy that uh, it's more rewarding if when looking at the corporate bond space, because in the corporate bond space, the front part of the yield curve and the long part of the yield curve are the parts uh, that are providing and paying the highest yield above uh, 5.9%. And I'm talking about average yield on investment grade US dollar uh, corporate bonds. Uh, while the, the middle part, the belly of the curve, uh, is the one that provides the least returns. Um, so a bond barbell means uh, buying the front end and buying uh, the long end uh, to take advantage of uh, both of uh, uh, these uh, yields. And uh, I just want to make you give you some examples because uh, um, if we look at the investment grade corporate space, uh, we have uh, bonds like uh, General Motors uh, with a maturity of February 2025, paying a yield around 6.3%. Um, and this is a triple B rated uh, um, uh, corporate. I know that uh, many don't want to be in car makers, <laughs> uh, but uh, let's take then two names that everybody likes, or at least a lot of people likes, which are Apple and Amazon. So right now, uh, Apple bond with maturity 2026 uh, will pay you an annualized yield of 5.2%, while Amazon with a maturity August 2024, so a little bit less than a year, pays an, uh, an annualized yield of 5.6%. I think uh, with the... Uh, <clears throat> Potential inflation risk, uh, sorry, uh, recession risk uh, towards that 
uh, maturity uh, February 2026 on that Apple bond. I think actually getting 5.2% from such a high quality name is actually quite attractive. But I think I think that was a wrap, Altea, on uh, on fixed income. And um, before uh, before we leave, I'll just make a short notice. I will be flying to Athens uh, tomorrow morning to join clients in Athens in the in the evening. I'll be back Thursday, so that means that we will we'll not have an, an equities and commodities uh, podcast uh, this week. So um, you'll have to wait for that, unfortunately. And with that said, we um, can summarize that you know the big move that we are seeing in markets. Uh, is the move in the US 10-year yield as Altea mentioned. One of the reasons is of course these changes and the language at the FMC meeting last week and um, yields could go higher. We could also have a retreat but there is definitely a lot of factors that are you know, behind the move in, in yields so watch out for that and then Altea uh, made the case for Apple and Amazon as potential you know, interesting ideas in bonds. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>